On today's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Watchable, we talk about Run, the latest movie to hit Hulu. Plus, we have a Judge Swole segment about Jingle Jangle, a Christmas journey. Boyle's going to defend his side. I'm going to defend my side. And then we send it to Good, Bad, and Watchable. And we also have our new segment where we talk about some of the upcoming Marvel projects yet again. All that coming up in just a sec. Am I a burden? What? Hey, what is going on? You do everything for me. It's not fair. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. Square root of impossible is possible. It's the good, the bad, the watchable, a movie podcast with three friends talking movies, miniseries, and more. Fellas, how we doing? How's everybody going? It's Thanksgiving week. I'm thankful for you guys. Great to see you. Same, man. Thankful for you as you guys as well. And um, it's been a very busy past two weeks for sure for all of us. I know from our conversations, but I got to Say the best thing in the building, I think, is uh, Mark's hat today. Mark, how you doing, man? Where'd you get the hat? I am still rolling along with my with my monthly theme of uh, noir vember. <laughs> For those just listening, I do have a all black, uh, like nineteen fifties style fedora on. <laughs> really getting into character. Maybe I'll start talking very quickly and accusing people of double crossing or murder or stealing. Because <laughs> all the movies pretty much involve that, that that I've been watching this month. Well, those of you following the Instagram GBW Pod, you'll be able to see it before anyone else. Actually, you might have already seen it before you're hearing this episode. That's just how time travel works. Well, guys, we were struggling. A little peek behind the curtain. I think as of like what, like 20 hours ago, we didn't really have any movies to, that we're going to discuss. I think we're 20 texting. hours. Try eight. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were resigned to we were gonna do just an extended good bad watchable some news some uh, movie some things we were thankful for and then call it an episode, but thanks to some quick thinking by you guys and Sarah Paulson we have a movie we have run we're gonna talk about um, we have some news to get into um, and uh, I, I think we got more than we then we have uh, our segment we're bringing it back again. Uh, Judge Swole is going to be presiding over a uh, a hearing between <laughs> the defendant Nick Boyle and the prosecution Nick Rojas. That's right, boys. Uh, they run a tight ship in that courtroom. I don't want any shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> yes, everything will be Jack. Yeah, I want good arguments from both sides, and then we'll we'll see what my ruling will be on this movie. Whether we will deem it, you know, uh, something that I will watch or or will refrain from. Before we get into news, I could just see Boyle going permission to approach the bench. Can you cut me? Can you cut me a break, man? Seriously, <laughs> I'm gonna. Totally you're hurting my feelings. I'm doing more props. I'll just get a judge's wig and a robe for next time. <laughs> That'd be so good. That'd be amazing. That would be great. So we got 
some comic book news, comic book movie related news. We always like to discuss that kind of stuff on the show because I feel like that's, you know, everyone likes these comic book movies these days. We have Deadpool 3 officially in the works over at it it'll this will be the first Disney release of Deadpool 3. Bob's Burgers writers are going to be writing this one. Um obviously it's just being written right now. It's Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux Lajolin. I hope I'm pronouncing that that correctly. Um, guys, this is going to be the first one under Disney. What are we thinking? Uh, what are we, where is it going to go next? Is it going to be funnier? We have high expectations, low expectations. What do we think? Mark, you want to lead off? I will lead off. Um, I was actually watching like during my lunch break, I think I was watching like another, um, like a Deadpool, like YouTube little clip things. Um, you know, times when he makes fun of Disney as like the parent company. Uh, so he stays meta with it. I think Disney, I'm going to be surprised with this. I think they're going to let him roll. You know, I, I think it's going to be pretty funny. I think it's going to be a lot of the, uh, the same that we've come to expect out of this character. I'm going to watch it. I know that. Um, I'm, I don't think it's going to blow me out of the water really though. Um, I'd be more excited to see if Deadpool would get more involved with like the X-Men or like an X-Men franchise, but as standalone, he's, he's just okay. He's pretty funny. Um, the action sequences, it's more bloody, you know, more adult humor, which I appreciate. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but it's not like, uh, you know, opening night must see, uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, Boyle, before you go, I just want to say, I'm thinking the exact same thing, Mark, like having it since that movie franchise, if you will, is so meta, it is an exciting wrinkle that we're going to have a you know, probably a few jokes and jabs at the fact that now Disney is kind of running the ship, you know, that's going to happen. And that's, so sometimes I'm like audience expectations when they actually hit, sometimes I'm kind of almost like, yeah, we knew that was coming, but who knows? Maybe they have a few wrinkles. That being said, how many times can you go back to the well with comedy where you're getting not so many diminishing returns? So I'm going to keep like improving off of it it's like the, we know what kind of jokes to expect yeah it's still gonna be funny we're, we're better off having him appear in other things like you guys said like x-men things like that and maybe not on a standalone but we'll see Boyle. i don't know i feel like you're mr positivity boil so um i would say that let's keep in mind mark that x-men was in the second movie so it's not out of the question that x-men won't be involved still um i think that if they're going to do this that it should be like the way i said it after the second one is that deadpool and colossus should have their own movie because they've had a if you go to the comics they actually have a wicked funny inappropriate like relationship and friendship throughout their entire like existence together so that would have been the smart way to kind of you know like you said start incorporating other characters more like this past you know deadpool 2 is supposed to be really just all about the x-force and like kind of um that whole group that came together and then it kind you know it still was his movie so i feel like that's the route maybe they need to go with it but like you said did we need a deadpool 3 no um i think you're right i think he's better now that we've developed him he'd be better off kind of being a character that hops in other movies with that said i also think that disney is going to butcher this um i'm very nervous about that because i think that 
Disney likes their restraints on things. So are they going to make this a PG-13? If they make this PG-13, movie's junk. Already going to call it now. If they allow him to do it and do it R, I mean, maybe, but I... I'm nervous about it. I'll be honest with you, but let's give it the benefit of the doubt. It's only the talks. It's only the start. We can only hope they're going to let him have full reign and do what it's supposed to do. And I think it's a waiting game until then. I don't think yeah, they can do well, less than uh, R. I know what you're saying. Uh, I mean, they did have that that clip of the X-Men in it for what, like 0. 0.2 seconds. And then uh, he's always with Colossus, you know, one of my favorites. <laughs> um, it's great. It would be cool to see if they – you know, did more with them as like maybe have Deadpool and Colossus do a sort of. It should be a buddy movie. I was gonna say like a buddy cop style movie, like I the other guys, movie. but with them. Yes, that, that would be perfect. Really a complete mix-up, way out of left field. Do it. Yes, do it. Because <laughs> Why not to lose? Thing. Yeah, there's nothing to lose, and and that's those characters fight side by side and make inappropriate, very raunchy comments to each other more than what we've already seen. So. Um, I found out some information about really where their characters go with it. It's kind of funny if you look into it. So um, uh, I think I read the same thing that you did. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it gets, it gets intense too. So I just think like Disney could might, I don't think they'd go down that route. I really know, don't think so either. So trying to make sure we don't offend anyone and do stuff like that. And that's kind of Disney's motto. So I, I, Very it, it concerns for, me. For family concerns. style entertainment. Exactly. I, I think that since they, they buy stuff like this because people like it, they have to give people what they want. So if that means going back to the old route that they used to do, which is release things under different studio names like Hollywood Studios, Touchstone Pictures, that kind of thing, you know, even if they keep like twentieth century, twenty first century or twentieth century Fox as like that's kind of like a more edgier or not family friendly thing, but they're they they're not gonna uh, you know, it sounds like famous last words. I'm saying they're not going to kind of like tamp down Deadpool. I really don't think they will. I think Ryan Reynolds signing on is a good thing. So, Oh, I mean, if they switch Deadpool, then we'd have a problem. <laughs> yeah, so out. yeah. So we have from one superhero to another within the MCU, obviously with the passing of Chadwick Boseman uh, a few months ago, you know, obviously very sad in real life, but now – some things being discussed is how they move along in the Black Panther 2 franchise. So uh, it has been uh, sources telling The Hollywood Reporter that they plan to start filming the sequel movie in March of 2021. They're going to have oh, – well, that was when they were going to start. They're actually going to start, sorry, in July. They're going to start filming in July, um, Black Panther. Between this and the Thor 4 filming beginning in Australia – which people are saying is having Avengers 5-esque vibes. How excited are we for this kind of one-two punch here in the MCU? I think these movies are going to be obviously coming out way down the line, probably like 2022, 2023. But what are we thinking first, Boyle, about Black Panther? I know Mark and I kind of discussing in the Google Doc, and we've discussed this in the past, that Shuri plays much more of a prominent role because she becomes Black Panther. Uh, but what are we thinking early on, speculating speculating here, Boyle? That's that's my speculation let's go with shuri let's you know let's give her the um the power and she's the she's been the brains behind all of it from the start so i just think it could soar and it could be amazing um it makes sense it would probably come around it'd probably be like the last you know i'm, I'm thinking about the movies they've talked about that are going to come out with the tv shows 
we have to expect the next Avengers movie to not be Infinity War. Uh, you know, it's going to be like the original in- Avengers. They're going to have a big boss to beat and stuff like that. But let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's think small and hope for the best. It's kind of crazy. We don't know a lot about the storylines or anything yet, so we don't really know where they could go with it. But it's not going to be. It's going to be like one of the first Avengers movies. So think of it that way. Um, with new with a new Avengers cast, obviously. Um, I think it'll be cool. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do. I don't really have much on it, to be honest with you. It's kind of it's early beginning creative stages. I think we have it's hard to really see where they're going to go with things because they haven't released anything yet. So, you know, with Black Widow and all that stuff. So, yeah, they did. They did say and Mark, this will maybe set you up for your next thing that some sources inside the studio are saying everyone knows the movies are good. The focus right now within the studio is the TV shows. Moon Knight, Loki. Uh, you know, all those shows obviously that have already been produced like WandaVision and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But that's kind of where they're focusing on now. I, could we see a re- reduction in the quality of movies? I don't know, Mark. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I do want to kind of expand off like what Boyle said. I pretty much agree with him. But what I do think will be interesting is kind of uh, – I think they're going to do a really good job of kind of – uh, paying homage and um, you know really making one last uh, respectable um, or, or last sign of respect for our man Chadwick Boseman in this movie coming up. I know they're going to do that, um, and they're really good about how they do that with their their characters and stars. Um, but then in terms of me, we kind of know where the the story goes. Like uh, I think they're going to keep like the the comic book story going. Uh, they have more success when they kind of stick to the comics rather than trying to pick up like a, a new story. So Shuri's definitely gonna, I, and I think that actress, she's fantastic. <laughs> like she's really good in her roles. So I think it's, um, she's gonna do um, a pretty good job in this movie. So I think it's gonna be, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the, I guess the verdict is still out. I do wanna see where they go with the villain. Usually the villain is the indicator of how much I like the movie. Because if the villain's like not that great, then I don't really care that much. So I haven't watched Narcos. Uh, the well, I've watched the first two seasons of Narcos, but uh, a person added to it is from Narcos Mexico, Tenoch Huerta. Uh, he is allegedly going to be the antagonist of the movie. I haven't seen Narcos Mexico. I know my brother, uh, my brothers, and my dad and mom are are upset at me right now. Um, so because Austin and my brothers they quote it all the time. Like that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> Rafa. I know yeah. I like saying that, so shout out to I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It depends like what character they choose for him too. People say that Marvel has a a villain problem. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, kinda. They have the greatest villain of all time in Thanos, but then it's what? They just they run back Loki every so often and Yeah. Like uh, with Captain America, like I didn't think uh, the Red Skull character was all that um, interesting. No. So like yeah. that kind of was a knock on the movies. And uh, even in the Iron Man like solo movies, those villains, like no one really cares about those. You got uh, Van- Vankman. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Oh, Vanko. Vanko, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Vanko with his bird. Yeah, great. Sick. That's because the villain is themselves as they develop their character. Boom, just saying. Yeah. Boyle, well, always the MCU apologist. It's fine, <laughs> Boyle. It's okay. 
So, I would agree, though. That that's a great point that they haven't faced some of their best villains yet. But again, let's wait. And see. They, they, I think we did mention it before when we talk about like the next wave of Avengers coming. They're going to set up Kang the Conqueror, who is like, if they again, if they follow the the comics, that's going to be another sick villain. Like, is that Kang the ten ring? Is that the ten rings guy? Ten rings guy. Who'd you say? I missed him. Kang the Conqueror. Oh, Conqueror is definitely coming in. Oh yeah, and he's gonna like he'll be serious. So we'll see. I I don't know if he'll be. There's gonna be some big hitter villains coming in. That's what I think. I have my skepticism as to who's coming in, but um... I think wasn't, there's a rumor about them bringing in Namor too, but as a villain, and I kind of like that. Yeah, basically, the Eternals is also gonna be a big movie, which has kind of really gone under the radar. But again, we can't get that to get Black Widow. But the Eternals opens up a huge. You, part of the whole universe because basically you find out that the Eternals technically included Thanos at one point and he kind of went against them and did his own thing. So there's some really cool things that are going to come out. And I think we're going to have this whole combustion of villains and superheroes getting movies. You, you know, look at the, um, what's his name villain movie coming out in a year or so. Uh, he played, um, he played the Joker. I, I can't think of his name at the moment, please help me out. The Joaquin Phoenix? Nope. Before that. Suicide Squad. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared Leto is going to be a villain movie coming out for Marvel um, soon, in, a, in like a year or so. Remember, it was a oh, horror movie. Oh, you're talking about um, uh, The Living Vampire. What's his name? Yes. What's that? He That's a that's a Marvel movie. That's a villain. It's not in the MCU, though. It's one well, of those. I, he's in The Sinister Six. Oh, he's, he's the Sinister Six. Yes, he is. That's what I'm saying. He's going to be like, when we have like Spider-Man and stuff, like they've already said, when Tom Holland starts fighting, you know, the Sinister Sticks, that brings, you know, Marvel into its stuff. There is going to be a plethora of movies. Ross, you thought the first wave was bad? Ah, get ready, bud. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we went to the movies together and you were like, man, just... We'll always have superhero movies now. <laughs> I'll always remember that. You're like, we will always be surrounded by it. And I was like, yes, for the rest of our lives, we will be surrounded by superhero movies. You know what, though? That's fine as long as we get movies like the one that we're talking about tonight. Run came out in 2020 starring Sar- – this is where I always lose uh, the transition because I didn't have it pulled up in front of me. So I'm always <laughs> like Sarah Paulson and uh, it's a movie and, uh, and it's it had a lady – yeah, and and another. So this is uh, again came out PG thirteen on Hulu, starring Sarah Paulson. Uh, it's directed and written by Anish Chang Chang Changanti. Oh, man, I messed that up. And I listened to an interview with him today, and he's really cool. He's this young guy. He did uh he did the movie Searching, uh, which came out two years ago, which I've been meaning I've been I meaning saw to see. I that one in theaters. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, this guy's got kind of like that little. He's got that little thing that you know movies stand out a little bit. So, a homeschooled teenager begins to suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. I'm not going to give any more about this. I'm not going to spoil this movie. But right off the bat, I will say this. If you have Hulu, you can do a lot worse. I would go check this out. All right. Mark, let's start with you. What did we think about Run, which is a movie we all watched today? So, <clears throat> excuse me. With Run, it, it was kind of... Uh, a Denny Green type of movie. They are who we thought they were, right? And I let them off the hook with this one. I think the movie was... I wasn't really surprised by it at all. I don't think there were many 
um, twist that really took me by surprise. Um, that being said, I think the best part about the movie was the, our two lead actresses. They were both um, phenomenal. Um, I thought that they did a really good job um, keeping me interested in the story. Um, I thought it was creepy. It wasn't tense. You knew something was, you know, something was off right away. They kind of get you right into it. Um, but how, like, the whole story kind of finishes up, I thought kind of made it worth it. Um, it's very a akin to um, the Stephen King classic, Misery. Uh, for those not familiar with it, uh, Misery is a Stephen King novel um, where um, a fan kidnaps her, her favorite um, writer and kind of forces him uh, to stay in her home and make it so he can't leave uh, without giving too many details. I know I don't want to do spoilers, even though it's a movie from the 90s. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very similar vibes uh, to Misery. Um, so I, you know, I thought they did a good job um, kind of parlaying that into this new style of story. While it is like, this is dark and pretty messed up. Um, so probably not for the faint of heart, uh, as Boyle um, told us earlier um, in our in our group discussion. But yeah, I think this is this this movie. It's it's solid. I think it's uh, very similar to Sarah Paulson's usual body of work. Yeah. Like um, she, this is this is what she does. Um, this is like if you like American Horror Story and the characters that uh, Paulson plays in there. They're going to like this. That's what she does. Uh, and I'll hold off on my grade um, until everyone's had a chance to speak. Boy, what would you think about the movie? You you just kind of wrapped up about what, like an hour ago or so? Yeah. Um. Basically, I finished, yeah, I think it was at like six or something like that. Um. I Mark, you, you kind of said everything perfectly. Uh, it's a quick thriller suspense movie, which I really appreciate. You got in, you got out. These are what the movies need to do nowadays, and we talk about this all the time. It makes or breaks your grade at the end of a, a movie, too. I mean, they came in, they executed, they didn't leave any wiggle room. Oh, should that have been deleted? No, I thought this was a perfect movie for what it was, okay? Um, I thought it did have its creepiness, the creepiness, the, the intense moments, like Mark said, and the first thing I thought of, thought of when you started figuring out where this movie's going because I knew nothing. I didn't read synopsis, nothing. I turned the movie on. Um, so when you started realizing where it was going, I was like, huh, this is a modern day misery. Okay, I'm in. And then I texted you guys because then I realized how bad it was going to get. And I was like, you know, with what I deal with every day, I don't know if I need more kid trauma. Uh, <laughs> but um you know what i mean it, it wasn't that bad or anything but i was just like oh like i need an upbeat movie right now man but um which you know i know we'll get to a wonderful one later no i'm just kidding uh but yeah no this was honestly i loved this movie i thought it was really good i thought like you said both actresses did a killer job sarah paulson man i mean she is just wonderful she is just I guess, you know, there's another actor I listened to, actually. He's the he's the guy who played with her um, in the first season of American Horror Story, uh, Mark. I don't know his name. Maybe you can grab there's it for me. There's a couple of them. The, the, the main, like the husband, uh, the main husband. Um, Zach Zachary Quinto? I, 
I don't remember. No, it wasn't Clint I Dove. For, I he wasn't in until like season two or three. But anyways, the guy who plays him, I listened to an interview a couple months ago, and he also said like you start getting labeled as a bad guy, and that's like kind of what you start getting hired for. And I feel like that's kind of what Sarah Paulson gets hired for now is it's like the same character. So, yeah. I mean, it, and, but at least it's rewarding. At least we're not sick of it and we want more of it and she's so good at it. So it's, it, it works great, you know? Um, but yeah, I did really enjoy this movie. I'll save my grade, but Rojas, what'd you think of it? Oh, uh, really quick. It's Dylan McDermott. Thank you. Oh. Dylan McDermott. Yep. Dylan McDermott. Not Dermot Mulroney. No. It, it, <laughs> it's right. Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott. <laughs> and he what? basically said in his interview that, it's nice and refreshing to get a role once in a while that's not your bad guy and he gets to play kind of a better character and stuff. And it was right around the time – LCB is the one who interviewed him. And it was right around the time of um, Hollywood. When Hollywood came out, Mark, that show you oh, didn't like. Yeah. yeah, so when that came out, they had interviewed him. And that was one of the things he said. It was like it's refreshing, you know, because you're always labeled as this type of character. So it's kind of fun to get something different. So. I'm going to open this up by saying that if this was in the Welcome to Blumhouse series, this would have been like the best one, like running away. Oh, by far. Uh, right? it, it would have been uh, like – And, and why didn't this come out back then? <laughs> because – and so this is where we really are struggling in this new era of movies. We're in this awkward phase right now where this movie was supposed to go to theaters. This was supposed to be in theaters. This guy who did Searching got enough money to make a movie that was going to be released in theaters. But as he was talking about on this podcast, I was listening to him today. He was saying it didn't make sense anymore. What, am, what are we going to do when we have a backlog of 19 blockbusters that are supposed to come out next year? Oh, like run is supposed to compete in theaters with that. So he's like, I'm yeah. glad it's, it, I'm glad it's out now. He's like streaming was, you know, such a scary word like three years ago. Now it's, he's like, or no, he was making a joke. Like streaming was such a scary word until like August basically or July. Um, so this is, so that's why I'm like, this is, if you have Hulu, you're getting a theater quality movie at home right now. But like what you guys said, it's exactly what we need it to be for this at home viewing. When I go to the movies, I'm okay to watch a two hour, two and a half hour movie. Sometimes when you're at home, a two and a half hour movie feels way longer than if you're not at home. This is 90 minutes where like Boyle said, and like you said, Mark, it gets in, it establishes itself, it establishes the rules of the movie, and I'm not going to give anything away, but it has... The, the good parts of those thrill, the, the tropes of thriller movies are all kind of ticked off, but in a way that's really entertaining. I was texting Julia like 40 minutes into this movie or even less than that being like, you and Renee are going to love this movie. You guys got to watch it. Um, you know, and it rewards you for watching every second. But I will say this. There are some times at some moments where I went to go check my phone real quick and I didn't feel like I missed anything in particular. Um, but if I did, I rewound it. Um, so... Uh, that's not really like a, a a knock or a positive for the movie, but I'm just saying like if you're watching – It's a positive. If you rewound it. If you're watching at home, yeah, you can have the opportunity to rewind something you missed. But um, Kira Allen, who plays the uh, Chloe in this movie, I thought she did a really good job in this movie. I've never seen her in anything. She's, her IMDb credits are very thin. She's only been in a, a short – I think this was her first like movie. I mean, it is sure her first movie. She's been in like TV uh, before, but – I think when because I wanted to look her up because I I thought the same thing I was like she did a great job, yeah. uh, especially within the character. Of, I, yeah, you know, such an emotional roller coaster that oh, yeah. that character would go through, and such a a physical role too. It wasn't just acting with her words or face; it was like a full body performance, um, mm. which I was impressed by. Uh, yeah, she's only been in a short film before this, like on IMDb. She's it's this and a short that came out six years ago. Um, so so good for her and 
you know, I think I could see her in things going forward. Obviously, you guys already said Sarah Paulson, great things. I mean, she's it's just, again, not to give anything away, but intense, man, scary. Oh, yeah. She's She is good at what she does. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's I've long said this, and my mom always repeats this back to me. Uh, I, these are the kind of movies I feel very comfortable endorsing and supporting because it's small movies like this that I feel like are kind of slowly getting taken away from us and being made by, like, the Netflix machine or Amazon machine to just be, here you go, eat it. It's it's crap, but you'll like it. And this is like, no, like there's some room for some, some solid mid tier, you know, like just movies to see that adults can enjoy. And you know, it's not made for the whole family, you know, Ross, that's a great point too. I think that you couldn't have said it better in the sense of we are getting this classic machine of movies that it's just like, Oh goodness, another movie. This was the first movie. I don't know about you guys. The first new movie in since COVID that I feel like it's like, it was exciting. It was like, Oh my gosh, a good movie. Thank you. <laughs> you know, something new and fresh. It was wonderful. You know, like, you know, cause we've, we, we've been watching so many other, you know, old flicks or like you said, a Netflix jingle jangle, whatever. But, you know, it was refreshing to have something like this of such, you could tell the quality, even though you could tell they definitely were going to make some good money on this. It wasn't, they didn't need a set and stuff. It was just very like they made the movie, you know, and I don't, I don't, what, what's the terminology I'm trying to go for, right? It's not, I don't want to say cheaply made, smartly made, right? Yeah, it, their money you could tell it was a movie made on a budget. Yeah. It, out low of a bu- budget yeah. that Small was going to profit, right? Is kind of like the way I took it. And then this is like, this was, it was just, re- it was rewarding and refreshing to watch it, truthfully. So. All right. Is everyone comfortable giving out score? I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I do want to, I do want to say this quick. Um, Kira Allen in my research, looking into her to see if she, you know, had done any other work. Um, she is uh, someone who actually uses a wheelchair. Okay. All right. I was wondering if Whoa. that was the case. Yeah. I, she, um, she actually does uh, use a wheelchair. Now with that scene, um, like kind of just like showing, there are so many different scenes kind of like showing like kind of how into like physical like presence the role is. Um, for something like this. I don't know the extent of uh, whatever uh, condition that she actually does have. I didn't see that in any of the research. But what I did see is she does use a wheelchair. So um, I thought that's kind of uh, something that's big within uh, the film industry now is representation. Yes. And we want to see more people, uh, you know, have uh, a, a shot at roles like this. So I think that's... Um, something that a wheelchair community uh, really, really does appreciate. So if you're, if you're someone who likes to see a little bit more representation across these mainstream movies, you're really going to enjoy this one, especially with how, um, about how Kira Allen shines in her role and uh, given her physical ailments. Thank you for looking that up, Mark, because I was the, this isn't a spoiler, but that scene where she's um, crossing the street towards the pharmacy, I was like, that's when I kind of like struck me. I was like, I was like, she. I. I was like, I think she might actually be an actress who who uses a wheelchair just because that. Like, I feel like it. Smooth. It just felt so <laughs> natural and smooth. I was so I was like, mental note of that. And thank you for looking that up. That that does make me happy. That I do. I am relieved to find out that um, that that role went to her. That's yeah, awesome. Because apparently there were um, actresses. This is so now shifting from good news to some uh, bad news about it and how awful people can be. Um, that there were some actresses who were claiming um, to use a wheelchair 
And then, you know, the casting people would do something as simple as like, all right, check out their Instagram. And like see people like running around on a beach somewhere or something. They're like, wow, people are, uh, some people are awful out there. <laughs> Can't oh, that is messed up, man. That is yeah, messed I know. up. Uh, what are you going to do? All right. Yeah. Yep. Let's, uh, let's get into our grades about it. Uh, and I'll kick us off because um, I feel like I forced this one on everybody. So, uh, so I'll be the leadoff hitter for it. This is uh, vintage Sarah Paulson. Again, I mentioned it at the beginning of uh, my rant. This is a Denny Green movie. You know what you're going to get. Um, there were twists towards the end, but I didn't think they were all that twisty uh, without giving too much away. Best part about this is the acting performances. Story solid. I gave this a watchable, but the hardest and strongest watchable I could give it. I said it's on the verge of being good, but it's just not quite there. And uh, to me, it's because of the, the story. I think that the, uh, the acting performances really elevated uh, just like an uh, okay, good story. I gave it three and a half stars out of five. Um, so that will be a hard, hard seven for me out of 10 for this. I wash my hands clean of it. I love it. Boyle, what do you think? I'm giving it the same exact score, a hard seven out of 10. Yep. I, again, it, it, it did everything. It's <laughs> my most recent way of describing movies is it's like, well, it's the best 10 out of 10 out of seven out of 10. Right. <laughs> like to me, it's like, I kind of like it that. Is the, it's the, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the best seven out of 10 that it could be. It couldn't get better. It couldn't be worse. It's right where it should be. And, you know, it, nothing could have made this movie more. It was they, they do the same thing for figure skating scores, Boyle. You know, based off the tricks that they do, they say, all right, the max you can reach is this. How well can you reach of your max? That's a perfect, like, thing you just set it up for. Yeah. I, I'm also giving this the Nick Rojas patented slippery 7 out of 10. You know, a little <laughs> bit on the uh, al dente side. Um is that the loot, like, kind of? Al dente is a harder pasta. Oh, sorry. <laughs> al dente, al dente is the he wants the looser pasta. Perfect, but, like, perfect way to. I'm about that. perfectly cooked pasta, but it, it has that little bit of bite to it. It's not this like. This is where. Yeah. This is where the 50% Italian of me is really just, like, <laughs> strong. Again, I'm, I'm operating at my max Italian capacity right now. <laughs> I, the bar was set at 50%. I got there. Uh,. No, uh, I give it a 7 out of 10 as well. And, you know, I've been doing this thing now where, like, I wait a day or I sleep on it to do ratings. But, uh, or, I mean, I, I could think of – I could sleep 100 days and still give it the same score. I mean, that's a – it's a very solid 7 out of 10. So, 7's all around for this movie. And I think we all say if you have Hulu, check it out, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Especially, like uh, like Boyle was saying, too. First new release good movie that we've seen um, in a while. It, uh, yeah, not something that we felt forced to see just because it was new. This it was quality. Yeah, this I'm looking at my uh, letterbox uh, favorite movies of 2020 list. Uh, tugging the old collar with that one. Uh, we just got to 10. We barely have 10. Uh, I'm comfortable with adding this to the list. It would be the first movie I add to this list since uh, I saw Tenet in September. Oh, so that's kind of where we're at this year. So and we're in November, the end of November. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So. So it's tough. Let's move on to a, a movie that's uh, not as dark and filled with kids. Uh, Jingle Jangle. Um, <laughs> a Christmas Journey, which uh, let's put a pin in that title. 
I'm going to quickly give the synopsis and then we're entering the segment. Uh, An imaginary world comes to life in a holiday tale of eccentric toy maker, his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever. A 2020 Netflix release. Again, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. It's time to enter the courtroom. It's time for Judge Swole to preside over this uh, music cue. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit the, I want the law and order music to, to don't, don't. I'm gonna give you people's court or night court or whatever court. People's court could be good too. So uh judge full presiding, all rise. <laughs> Alright, um we have Jingle Jangle via Netflix is on trial today. Will I watch this or will I not? Nicholas Rojas will be uh, representing the prosecution to be representing my state of affairs. And uh, Nick Boyle will be representing Jingle Jangle as its defendant and saying that it is innocent of all crimes. <laughs> you may proceed. <laughs> uh, I, I think the defendant should... How, how does it work, Mark? You, I feel like you've... You know, because this is kind of like your more... Uh, the your prosecution expertise. will state its... Uh, Opening statement. What, what the defendant is accused of, and then the defendant will defend himself. Okay. Okay, I got this then. <clears throat> <clears throat> I wish I had like my other counsel with me. So I could go. <laughs> All right, uh, Your Honor, Your Honor, uh, when the state and the prosecution uh, bore witness onto this uh, crime on Sunday, uh, November twenty second, uh, we found that. The defendant was claiming that this was a Christmas family movie that was to be enjoyed by all. Uh, The prosecution would like to argue that this movie is, in fact, not a Christmas movie at all and not to be enjoyed by all. And is, in fact, a musical that is made for kids and as a 28-year-old male uh, is not interesting and not to be very blatant about this. But you, Your Honor, also being a 28-year-old male, will not enjoy this movie. that's all I have to say right now. I'm going right, to so take Boyle, my seat. Well, Jingle Jangle has been accused of fraud, uh, of, of posing as a holiday uh, movie for all. And uh, the state of affairs has claimed this to be, uh, you know, a big phony. <laughs> that this is uh, specifically a children's movie and not holiday. Well, you have to say for yourself. I will agree on parts and disagree with others, Your Honor. Basically, I would say that this is 100% geared towards children, and I would not disagree with that. However, (laughs) I plead that the story is the the legendary toy maker, Geronicus Jangle. Now, a toy maker making toys for all the boys and girls during Christmas time where Christmas is hanging up everywhere, there's snow everywhere, um, and, uh, you know, even the, the movie starts off with the mother going to read a Christmas story to her kids, and then this is the story, and it's called A Christmas Journey, right? It's, it's just, it's a, little, it's a little tale that's different than the regular, uh, you know, Frosty the Snowman, and, you know, it's a little something different, something, you know, it's a different chronicle, right? So... Let's just say, does it involve Santa Claus? No, but did Die Hard involve Santa Claus? I ask you that. And people say that Die Hard was a Christmas movie. So 
when we look at <laughs> yeah, exactly. when we look at Christmas movies, what is the definition of a Christmas movie? This was as themed around Christmas as you could. It started off as a Christmas story next to a Christmas tree. Then it went into a Christmas neighborhood where it was around the Christmas time, and they were it's a toy maker. He makes the toys for all the kids. So if you don't believe in Santa Claus, kind of a different spin on Christmas. I will leave it at that for now. Any ob- objections over there? Uh, I will say, uh, as the judge presiding over this, I want you to stick to the defendant at hand. Um, Die Hard, the greatest Christmas movie ever. So uh, it takes place on Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. They mention it all the time. Uh, so that means your your case would beef yourself up a little bit for this a Christmas journey. Prosecution, would you like to expand on that? It is called Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey in the title. Your Honor. I'm inclined to believe that this is a Christmas movie. Your Honor, while I do appreciate the defense trying to cling to precedent uh, from other previous cases, I will have to say this. The prosecution finds that this movie has as much to do with Christmas as green trees that hang from the rearview mirror of your car do. This is Christmas only in uh, assumed presence. Uh, does snow constitute as Christmas? Not necessarily. Could this movie have taken place at any time of the year? Absolutely. The only reference we have maybe to Christmas is a toy and the fact that his name Toys, is Jangle. Plural. Uh, plural. To- all right. And the fact that at the end, she's the woman is reading books to children by a fire in their snow outside, insinuating the holiday, but not quite. There's a Christmas tree right next to them. Ah. That's Get out of here. hearsay. That is hearsay. That is Order a tree. Title. Order in the court. It is a winter Order. tree. It is a winter tree. There is only the assumption of Christmas. It, this whole movie could have taken place. Also, final final message for me, Your Honor, before I hear a rebuttal from the defense. It's two hours long. No need for that. Oh, Ooh, in this economy? I don't know. Just Fair. saying. Just saying. Fair. I, I, what's the term I'm looking for? Is that not like reside? What's the, what's the word I'm looking for, Mark? Oh, when well, I, I digress, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Concur. <laughs> concur. Thank you. That was the word. All right. So do you Brock, concur, doctor? Do you concur? <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, in all seriousness, um, I think if I was telling Julia this whole time we we're watching it, I think like Boyle said, you know, if you have like some six, seven year old kids, five year old kids, they'll get a kick out of the songs. Uh, the story has kids in the movie that I think that they'll appreciate just a lot of adults as well. And banks coming to seize property. Uh, if the money isn't given to us by Christmas, I don't know how much kids appreciate that. But again, two hours, Boyle, I just, it's uh, as an adult, I, who doesn't have kids, this movie doesn't really do it for me. So that's really all I have to I, say about that. I could hear you. I don't think that this uh, whatsoever is geared towards us. I think it was geared towards children. Um, I think because I teach children every day that I enjoyed this. Um, it's a fun little musical. It's something we don't have. It's a Christmas original. You know, it's like when Christmas Chronicles came out for the first time, it's like it to me, like, you know, if it's a good movie and it's fresh and it's new, hey, I'm in. And to me, that's kind of what this was. You know, the music, the songs were kind of catchy. Nothing that you're going to remember. Um, maybe one song you'll remember. Um, I thought it was very interesting. The casting, uh, the casting was very, it's like, like, you know, having um, uh, Keegan, uh, Keegan-Michael Kay 
being like the villain was kind of interesting and fun. Um, and you know, Forrest Whitaker <laughs> thrown in there started to sing at one point. I was like, okay, you know, both of them, you know, it's like, wouldn't expect it. I agree. It's too long. I'm but hundred percent a kid's movie. I'm yes. looking at the cast and the, the name that immediately uh, jumped out to me is Ricky Martin. Ricky yes. Martin. Ricky Martin plays the voice of a toy. Um, Love that. A a like a bullfighter. It's a uh, bullfighter that comes to life because it had the lasting, and then it ends up like stabbing him in the back, which is amazing. <laughs> like Not, instantly, he creates it, and then like it metaphorically stabs him in the back. In like Metaf- five metaphorically minutes. speaking, stabs him in the metaphorically. Back. Yeah. So it's I don't know. I just thought it was a cute little story. It was fun. It's something for kids and families to have a family movie night in during COVID, and you know now that the winter's starting and all this stuff, it's like. This will be, this will be top ten for easily the entire Christmas season. Wow! In terms of what? In terms of movies that come out, this movies for kids, not for us. For movies for oh. kids, I guarantee you, if you were under the kids account, this movie would pop up over and over again in the t- in their top ten. Because well, yeah, but in terms of quality, or in terms of parents being like, it says Jangle of- Christmas thing. I'm putting it on. That's it. That's it right there. It's two hours where their kids aren't going to be with them and sucked into a movie. It's a hundred percent going to be used like that. So, so more of a, the quality of the movie again, did I enjoy it? Sure. Is it fantastic? No, but is it something that the judge might want to watch at some point? Maybe, maybe I don't think it's terrible. I think we've seen terrible. I don't think this would be bad. It would be watchable, and it would teeter. It would teter, depending on your type of person. Teeter on bad. It would teeter. Oh. It would teeter. I but, like the the prosecution liked uh, Holiday more, Your Honor. Wow, which is another one that is is uh, sitting in limbo right now. For and me. again, because Holiday is more towards our age and our generation, and the humor is more for us, this is more of a kid's movie. You have to know that going into this. So if there's an opportunity, you know, Mark, where you watch this with someone, a, fa- a young family member, whatever it is, or, you know, maybe, honestly, maybe a, maybe, maybe a date. I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but... <laughs> All right, I think I've heard enough. Uh, as we always do, we'll let you, the audience, a jury of our peers, decide. But I'm letting you know right now, this judge, uh, I think I'm leaning towards a, a lengthy sentencing on this one. It seems that it's guilty on all counts. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not feeling the, the kids' movie vibe uh, that get it. from this. I do like kids' movies. Like, uh, I'm a huge fan of all those uh, like more animated style movies, like you know. So this one, this could be a tough one if uh, the inbox gets flooded with. I should see this from the a jury of our peers, aka our dozens and dozens of listeners. Uh, you know, I could I could be easily flip boil. I see where you're coming from. Seems like this could be a, you know, like you know a fun one that I don't have to take too seriously. Oh no, not seriously at all. And to be honest, I'm now that you're saying that, now I'm getting even more worried because you're right. I know you enjoy. Ch- children movies and this is as children as it can get yeah, this isn't a good movie children. is it too much is it too childish for me yes <laughs> yes the, i will as the defendant prosecute myself and say yes it is and right, i could see you yeah. skipping it but i could see you just for giving a score watching it does that make sense 
I'm going to, uh, yeah, bang the gavel, gavel noise, Rojas, play the music. Um, I'm going to say uh, the prosecution takes this one. I'm not going to see it. I'm out. Wow. Right. The, the prosecution uh, respects the uh, opinion of the court. Thank you. <laughs> so does the defendant. It makes sense. <laughs> you know it, it, it was, hey, that was great. Let's go get dinner. Yeah. Let's go to Capitol Grill. I'm starving. Uh, so... Thank you for indulging us, Mark and uh, <laughs> Judge Swole. I love that segment. That's a, that was really good. That, yeah. That's definitely a, a recurring segment. If, uh, if we can absolutely, we can switch judges. Uh, yeah, we oh. can... All right, so let's move on to good, bad, watchable. Not without day. a score. Oh, for jingle jangle. Do it. I can't give it a score. N a, n a. Oh, well, I thought you said n a. No score. No, not available. I, I just Why? can't. I can't give it a score. I watched the whole thing and I'm like, it's like, it would be like an art critic. Oh my God. That was very pretentious. That was very pretentious. (laughs) I was about to say, that'd be like an art critic showing up to like a kid's finger painting thing and be like, "Uh, what do you want from me? It's a finger painting. (laughs) I am not an art critic. I want anyone to know that. I mean, I want everyone to know that. Maybe when you're a parent one day, you'll watch this movie with your kids. Oh my God. Hopefully with a tall glass of whiskey. <laughs> just, and you'll enjoy it. Give me the bottle. Just give me the whole bottle. I'm telling you, the songs are a little catchy, though. I'll be honest; they were a little catchy. Not as catchy as La La Land. Though. I miss La La Land. All right, Boyle. What is your good for this week? Let's put a minute on the clock. Are you ready? Oh, I don't think I have enough time. Sure. <laughs> ready? Three, two, movie, huh? One, go. Killing Them Softly, it's on Netflix, six and a half out of ten stars. Killing of a Sacred Deer, seven out of ten stars. These are movies you guys have already seen also on Netflix. Swiss Army Man, a nine out of ten. That movie ruled, and I did not expect it to. It was very funny and caught me wicked by surprise. I loved it. Paul Anko, I think is his last name, and Daniel Radcliffe. Paul Tano. Paul something. Thank you. They were amazing. Great acting, great movie, great ending. Moneyball, 9 out of 10. That's the one you guys didn't guess for me the other day. Loved that flick. I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan. I'm finding more and more, and I'm just, like, getting sucked into his stuff. He's awesome. And last, Boys in the Hood. Had never seen it. Finally watched it. Another 9 out of 10 movie for me. Great flick. Glad I watched it late one night doing some work, and I'm done. All on Netflix. That's great. I will say Swiss Army Man, that's been one I've been, like, Slow on the trigger finger for so you giving the singing endorsement. I'm gonna have to see that one. I think I so gave Mark, it a seven that's out of ten. How I was, I literally was like, oh, I thought it was like because it had gotten so much hype, and I was like, Oh, this looks like it could be a really weird, dragged out movie. I'm not sure, it could be like not Oscarish, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, that kind of like it almost might have been homework, dude. I laughed the entire movie, I wasn't expecting a comedy, and it was funny and it was great. And think, what a good story! Like, think of wow. like. As quirky as the lobster is, Mark, but uh, trying for more laughs. Really? Yeah. I, I kind of like that a lot. It's quirky. It's definitely quirky. There's a like a lot of. Am I cutting in and out for you guys? Oh, you're good. No. Okay. Uh, not to give anything away, but boy, we'll know that uh, a lot of the humor early on revolves around uh, a, a corpse farting a lot. For the first like thirty minutes in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's it's kind of that. So, oh, thank you, both. Honestly, for and yeah, and the the dialogue between those two, it was so pure and so funny, and like, oh it's my god, movie. I was cracking up. Uh, that was a. I do want to say that was a movie pass movie I saw by myself. So, a uh, moment of silence for uh, movie pass. 
Oh, man. Thank you. Thank All you, right, man. Mark. Let's put Just a minute me. on the clock. Ready, Mark? Hold Three. Just a moment. I've oh. got my stopwatch set. Uh, playing into the theme of my hat, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go countdown. Three, two. Noir Vember keeps kicking off for your boy. I've got In a Lonely Place on Amazon Prime. Humphrey Bogart, he's accused of murder. He's got a relationship that developed from it. It's one of the best noir movies I've seen this month. I highly recommend it if you're a fan of black and white films. Go see that one. Sudden Impact, HBO Max. Clint Eastwood reprising his role of Dirty Harry. Go ahead. Make my day. See that movie. It's awesome. L.A. Confidential. I rented that one per uh, request of my roommate. Star-studded cast. Great noir feelings to it. You know, murder mystery, thriller, backstabbing, all that. There's a couple storylines woven together. All good stuff. And then to wrap it up, Casablanca. I don't have to say anything about it. It's, it's uh, five stars out of five. HBO Max. Go see that too. Done. Is it Casablanca or Casablanca? Fact check. Oh, I, I don't know. Casablanca? I don't know. That's why I've I always can't. heard it pronounced Cas Casablanca, but... I, I don't know. <laughs> that's our American uh, pronunciation. I just watched it, man. It's uh, Casablanca. I think it's Casablanca. I just was curious. I don't want to say stuff wrong. Listen, I say like when I'm making drinks at the bar, I say stuff wrong all the time. Like Quantro, it's like Cointro, whatever. Like, oh, you yeah, know, I, the, way it, the way it's spelled. It's spelled exactly. <laughs> I teach phonics. <laughs> yes. Oh, you do. And I'm hooked on them. All right. Minute on the clock for me. Three, oh. two, one, go. So for my good this week, you can't always assume that everybody has seen every movie that you have. So I want to give a quick shout out to Ocean's Eleven. It's on Netflix right now. If you've never seen Ocean's Eleven and you're listening to, to this podcast, I can't recommend it anymore. It is a Rojas family classic. We love that movie. Shout out to Marcus Rojas. That's his favorite movie, I think, of all time or maybe one of his favorite movies of all time. Also seen by me was The Treasure of the Sierra Madre on HBO Max. Our guy Humphrey Bogart in a black and white movie from the late 40s. This is on the AFI 100 list. It is an excellent movie. It just kind of shows how... You know, people that maybe necessarily aren't the best people when confronted with greed and power and money, they kind of get more corrupted and it's very fascinating. Uh, also goes to show you, again, a movie can be, you know, that movie is 72 years old and still excellent and gripping and has influenced many movies and shows that came after it. So The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, I definitely recommend checking it out. Time. One minute exactly. Uh, I will say this to my father, Tony, uh, formerly known as Big Italy, recommended that one to me as well. He said that was his favorite Humphrey Bogart movie. Um, I, I enjoyed that one as well too, Rojas. Great call. Yeah, yeah, we, we enjoyed it. All right, Boyle, are you ready with your bad this week? You got something that was watched on YouTube, so I'm ready. Oh, you have a movie that's been on my watch list for three years, and I'm, I'm terrified to watch it. So let's, uh, let's hear it, Boyle. Let's put a minute on the clock. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right. First was a brand new 2020 movie came out called Come Away. I gave it a four and a half out of 10 because to me it was just okay. The story of Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland in a new light and how they became to be. But it was with real characters. Nothing too fantasy. A little fantasy. But it was. It kind of just was – it was very interesting. I liked what they were doing. It just didn't succeed all the way. 
Um, that was a video on a man principal story. It was a documentary. My teacher in my grad course suggested it to me. It was good for some stuff, but it really wasn't that great overall. I gave it a four out of 10. It was just meh. Um, and then I would recommend that to no one. And then last is Gemini man. I gave it a solid five out of 10 because I didn't know how to grade it. I gave it a 5.5 at one point. I gave it a four at one point. And I was like, you know what? It's getting right down the middle. I right, Will Smith, um, on Amazon prime. And I just couldn't like, I can't figure this movie out. I can't figure out if I like it or not. Uh, the action scenes were insane, but it was just like, all right, but is that it? Like I, the trailer showed a lot of the movie, like old school stuff that we used to watch. I know I'm over the minute, but it needed it. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Mark, I know you reviewed it before too. I just, I don't know how I feel about that movie and I wouldn't suggest it to anyone. Minute 15. Uh, actually, Boyle, I just pulled up my review. I reviewed this on February 18th of this year. I gave it a six out of 10. Um, you know, kind of along the sides of you. I don't know. Um, I kind of think I'd lean more like watchable. I thought the critics were harsh with this one. Well, that's kind of, <laughs> I was right there, but I have so many watchable. I had to push something down to bad. Like, uh, I think we were led to believe that this movie was a big steaming pile of trash that was lit on fire and left out in the rain. Um, and I didn't think it was that bad, um, but I didn't think it was that good either. So, you know, two each their own. Yep. I, uh, I, I, I will see this movie someday. someday. <laughs> but today I, is not that day. <laughs> it is not. Today is not the day. But, Boyle, I'm glad you watched it. All right, Mark. Ready for your watchable? Oh no, sorry, you're bad. Sorry, don't want to jump ahead here. Yes, yes, and uh, I'm I'm doing something interesting this week. This is uh, this is new for me. This is. I like the note. Ready? Three, two, two, one. My bad for this week isn't actually bad. Uh, I watched um, Wild Things this week. This is a cult uh, classic from the '90s, uh, made famous by a. a certain scene involving the, the three main characters. Um, this is a, a family pod, so I'll kind of just leave it at that. Um, this movie is something, you know, you hear about uh, all the time, basically for um, the two main actresses and kind of like, you know, how hot they are throughout the film. And there is some mystery to it. It still follows my noir f- theme. Like it was supposed to be like kind of neo-noir, uh, but I felt like the script was weak. I thought that um, a lot of it was just uh, weak. I thought they had a really good idea and then they ended up um, going a little too far and they did a few too many twists. Uh, So even though it's watchable for me, I'm giving it bad for my recently watched. Done. A minute. I got a minute one. Uh, Yeah. I've, uh, we uh, in the Rojas Cicilline house, we stand the Dylan family, since they are actually uh, my mom's third cousin. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. my mom Matt, has pictures. My- Matt Dylan being Matt Dylan, um, he, he's pretty good. But it's you know Matt Dylan, uh, Nev Campbell, and uh, Denise Richards. Yeah, they're they're solid. But I just thought the script was just too much. It was uh, yeah. they had something decent there, and they kind of they ended up blowing it. We've said this before. Those are the kind of movies that should be remade. The movies that are not great. And not bad, but movies that were kind of like, okay, this this had the uh, a good formula going. Let's make it a little bit better. Yeah. So if, if you guys follow my reviews on Letterboxd and things like that, you will notice that it does have watchable under it for me. Yeah. But but for uh, the context of what I've been watching, bad. 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 
There's other movies I've recently watched that I would recommend before. It's kind of like how I thought I was a good math student, and then freshman year I was in uh, Honors Algebra 2, and I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Oh, My bad. I've got a minute on the clock. Ready? Three, two. Operation Christmas Drop. It is a – okay. It is a it is a Christmas Netflix movie, but it is oh. it is also a propaganda film by our U.S. government. Shout out to the troops. Uh, the troops deserve better than this. This was offensive to me because it was rated G. Uh, it is so it is like quite literally like the most vanilla thing I've ever watched. Um, possibly this decade, I think. Like it was oh. it was um, shades of a Hallmark movie. That had a little bit more money to spend on it because of how much visuals of people driving around we got in this movie. God, it's just so hard to explain. Like the acting was blah, the shots were blah, the story was blah. Like it was just so dull. I hated this movie. I gave it uh, very low scores. I never want to watch it again, nor should any of you watch it. Operation Christmas Drop. I want you to forget it as soon as I said it. Time. One minute exactly. <laughs> Good wow. job. You know what's funny about that movie is like that was one of the movies where us, you and I were both literally texting about like, all right, we got to watch this. It's a brand new one. I advertised it last episode. I said two new ones came out and I was right. The next one came out like the next day. Um, and with the minute you said, oh, God, and I was like not watching it. <laughs> Good. Good for you. Good for you. You saved you and, and Mick a nap because, um, yeah. It's bad. Did not like it. Boyle, are you ready for your? Are you ready for your bad this week? Is, uh, you mean my? Oh, sorry, watchable. watchable. Yeah. Boyle, are you ready for your watchable this week? I let me just look at it because again, it's another fast one. I have a bunch of movies. Um, I'm gonna try to remember where I saw them, but we'll go for it. All right, ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. I missed a movie last week. It was Unfriended, a horror movie. I gave it a five and a half out of 10. I'd probably give it though like a very good score. That's just like, it was really good for the moment, but will have no everlasting effect. Wish I was here. Our boy Zach Braff's movie, buddy, who he wrote and directed himself. Finally on Netflix. You should watch it. You're going to love it. It's the best 10 out of 10 it could be, but I'm giving it a six out of 10 because it's kind of like one of those behind the scene movies where it's not the average viewer. Royal Tenenbaums, an 8 out of 10. I thought this was a great flick, great cast. Your classic Wes Anderson that I'm finding I love. Uh, flick and awesome. Come back to it another time. New Mutants, finally got to see it. Um, I'm going to come back to that, actually. Let me do Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin was a 6.5 out of 10. Mark advertised it last week. It's on Netflix. It's a really good thriller. I should suggest it. But back to New Mutants, I'm giving a 6 out of 10. It was just okay. Um, I wanted to point out that, sadly... I'm kind of excited for a sequel, which we kind of know they won't do. Just because now that they're a team, I want to see what powers and things that they could do. But I thought the movie was kind of dull at points. I was so excited and I kind of was let down at points. It wasn't as horror as I thought. Kind of cool. I wish there was more of it. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see what they might do with Doctor Strange done. Minute 13. Not bad, Boyle. Kind of kept it tight there for, for five movies. Pretty good. That was good. I will say this, Boyle, New Mutants, I gave it the same score. I gave it three stars uh, out of five, and I think that's just because we're biased because we really wanted to see that movie. Um, I said the same things in my reviews previously, too, uh, when I made that uh, my fateful trek back to the movies to go see it. Uh, not that much horror. thought we could have more. Honestly, I don't really care about the other characters besides um, our girl 
Anya Taylor-Joy. This is a pro Anya Taylor-Joy podcast. We love her and her work. Um, She was awesome in this movie. Yeah, exactly. If they only, like, took her and, like, put her in future movies from then on, I'd be okay with that. I did need to bring something up. Out of the entire cast, and I don't want to mess the name up, but the main lead girl character that the story kind of focuses on, um, I thought she was trash. I thought (laughs) she was awful. And I'll be honest, like, her acting was really bad. Even at one point, Michaela, who doesn't like that, she looked over and she's like, yikes, that was tough, huh? I was like, yeah, like, um, and I, you know, uh, Alice Braga. She was surrounded by pretty good talent on, like, they had some good actors on that. Yeah, Blue Hunt. I'm sorry, that was the name, Blue Hunt. But yeah, that's the thing. The talent was there. The actors were there. But, like, it just, something about it was too much of the getting to know these characters. And it was like, what the heck were we waiting years for this movie for? Like, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't know why it stood in a production uh, uh, production purgatory for like ever. It doesn't make any sense. If somebody could figure that out for us, I'd love to know. Because at this point, you could tell that they reshot it. You could tell that they were supposed to be younger kids. At one point, they brought up this like how it was an, like a, um, a, a training place and it used to be. And now it's run down. They brought up things and never even touched upon. I was like, okay, so there are some sloppy reasons to why this movie, you know, got bashed. But like, come on, we had to wait how many? Ross, didn't you say it was like four years or something? Like, wasn't hasn't this been out for or six years? It started recording. What it's New Mutants? Yeah, uh, I really thought you said it started filming like four to six it, years ago. I think it was uh, it was three years delayed from its initial release date. Release date. Yeah. On top of when it was first, re- you could tell uh, that things yeah. were reshot. They began ridiculous. working on it um, after the one of the directors, Boone, yeah, Josh Boone, completed The Fault in Our Stars, which came out in 2014. Um, but they were officially signed on to the project in May of 2015. Um, and then, so like the casting was like rumored in 2016. So yeah, it, they, they filmed it in July to September of 2017. But the whole process itself took like, oh. yeah, like six years basically. Oh, all right. So they didn't, I don't know. I thought I. Heard the original release date was April 2018. That was the original release date, April 2018. Yeah, and, they, and I remember they had to do reshoots and it was a problem because they've aged so much since then. I remember the, I remember reading or watching something on it, but yeah, I don't know. It was I like just this. like, yikes. The critics considered the film competent, but generic. Oh, <laughs> that is just, that's so mean. Congrats. It was a competent movie. Yeah. All right. Moving along, Mark, to your watchable and what has got to be the longest segment in podcasting history. Good, bad, watchable. Ready, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) We we had to talk about it. We did. Three, two, Two, one. My watchable. Um, I have got another noir movie, uh, Sunset Boulevard. Um, You can see that on Amazon Prime. It is an all-time classic. I actually, again, rated this one good, but... This is one where the main character, she's, you know, there's overacting in it. It's very 1950s, so I don't think it could be for everyone. Um, But it does have that iconic line, you know, I'm ready for my close-up. The one that everyone repeats but may not know where it's from. This would be your time to see where it comes from. That's on Amazon Prime, Sunset Boulevard. Next, Six Underground. You know, (laughs) I saw it. And I was like, this movie's going to stink. It didn't. I thought it was the best watchable you can get. 
as a uh, like a figure skating score. Like this was the the best watchable I can give a watchable. It was fun. It was nonstop action. Um, it was like you know it was chaos. I didn't take it very seriously. You know, had fun. Done. Minute minute one. Ah, oh, very close. I gotta I gotta bring us home. Minute on the clock for me. Keep it tight. Let's All go. Right. Three, two, one. Okay. I saw The Impossible. It's on Netflix. It's starring Sienna Miller and Ewan McGregor. It's based on that tsunami that, you know, Boyle saw it too, right? You, yeah, you, I did it last week. You talked about it last time, so I'm not going to redo it. But it actually is like you watching, you're like, oh, that was just like a very competently made like Saturday afternoon movie. Like you don't have to think too hard. You're just watching a movie and it's a true story. And it's – oh, it's Naomi Watts, not Sienna Miller. Sorry. So The Impossible, eh, you know, watchable. Again, if you take a nap. You won't be too disappointed. And lastly, Home Alone. I'd never seen it from beginning to end. The original 1990 Home Alone. Uh, watchable. Watchable. Enjoyable movie. I liked it. You know? It was good. It was a good movie. Um, you know, if I saw it when I was very, very young, I would have loved it. So, time. 45 seconds. All right, all right Rojas, do it. It's an all-timer. Like I was going to say. I would say it's only watchable because you've probably already watched it 12 times. So yeah. yeah. It's watchable. It's... <laughs> I gave it a very uh, solid seven out of ten. Like I thought it was like very, very good, um, very good oh, movie. They prepare. Uh, We're going into Ghostbusters land again. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna catch some internet hands. Guys, uh, Home, know, Home Alone it? is one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, like, but again, easy, like easy top 10. I get it, guys. It was a good movie. It just <laughs> I, I'm like watching. I'm like 28. I'm like. I'm surprised you can hear us all the way up on your pedestal over there. So for the backlash you gave me for Hocus Pocus, you're never allowed to talk again. No, that's not true because you were like, you were like, I'm going to swear here. You were like, Hocus Pocus was dog shit. This movie Yeah, And it was. Yeah. I'm saying Home Alone was good because I'm like, not only like it's a, you know, it's a good movie, but I understand if I was a kid. You'd be like, oh yeah, like uh, I want to be like this kid because he's eating ice cream all day. Like, but I'm watching it as an adult. And I'm like, God, that mom hasn't showered in like days. She must be miserable. She's traveling with poker guys. Like, it must be a pain in the neck. Like, who calls the vans to get the airport? Like, oh man. So things like that. No, I'm not gonna catch flack, and I will bleep that stuff out. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. That you've now set precedent that I can start swearing. <laughs> I, bleep, <laughs> I bleep stuff out every now and then. Uh, quickly, Mark, do we want to do our quick Queen's Gambit talk? I, I would love to talk about it. Um, Big I, fan. Think, I think there's been enough time. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of a, uh, articles coming out about it now and how great it is. Um, again, it's an acting tour de force from our girl, Anya Taylor-Joy, who we previously mentioned. Um, she's the reason you stick around. I mean, there's a lot of, of story elements that I didn't care for. Like a lot of the a lot of the uh, men in her life, so to speak, uh, mostly bad, mostly uninteresting, mostly like you know just don't really care about it. It's about her. Um, you go into that kind of knowing she does struggle with um, drug and alcohol abuse, and then she's like thrown into the the 19 like 50s era of chess, which apparently was was really popular. Um, I've never cared more about chess in my life than I have uh, while watching this. Um, you know, it, it's a really good it's a really good miniseries. It, it's over rather quickly. You can binge right through it, and then you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know I've been listening. To, I listened to a podcast uh, about it um, yesterday, just about how sometimes 
some of our best movies these days are getting turned into seven hour miniseries. And it's great because it allows the story to breathe, Mark. I mean, I couldn't imagine this being like a two hour movie. Like it, it would have tried to fit in too much and we probably maybe wouldn't have cared as much. Uh, I love the acting in this movie. Some great acting from people that we see in TV shows a lot. Um, you know, that guy, the janitor, I thought he was great. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy's great. Uh, she's great. Um, the stepmom is, I, I really liked her character a lot. I really did. Um, a lot of characters to enjoy. Yeah. It was good. The last thing I will say about this, at, I know this is like a silly comparison, but um, as someone, like I played a ton of Tetris like in late high school through college, right? Ton of Tetris. And I was playing like competitively on Facebook Tetris uh, freshman year. Um, waiting for my radio shifts and that, that like kind of like addiction to be like, wait a minute, I think that I found like the one thing I'm good at and, and like, but seeing the patterns fall, dude, I would go to bed at night and the way that this movie kind of captures her just seeing all those chess moves. I, I know it's going to sound so dumb, but I related to that so, so closely. Cause I'm like, I, yes, that's me. Like I've had those nights where I'm like kind of like falling asleep at night and I'm seeing Tetris blocks fall on my head and thinking like, all right, that piece there. But then that piece would have to go there. Like, I'm like, I, I see that. I see that. So, um, not saying that made my enjoyment better or worse, but I was like, wow, that's kind of like a, that was a nice touch. So Queens Gambit, check it out. We've got a lot of suggestions about that last week too. So for um, the record, I love chess. I'm really good at chess and I will not watch that show. Wow. 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 Why not? Um, too many good things to watch right now and too many things I want to watch. And I just uh, – TV shows are very picky for me. I'm very it's picky. Miniseries. It's a miniseries. No, miniseries too long. I got movies to watch, po- boys. You're the, you watch the least movies out of us. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can I watch watched it. more movies than you and I had time to see this. This show, I know. Is, this show is made for you. You're, I'm telling you, that this. if this were a movie, this would have been in like my top five movies of the year. Oh yeah, same wow. with me. Same with me. Yeah, easily. It was, Fine. It was, it, was a, it was phenomenal. Hey, giving into the fads. Mini series. I um, know. I'm I'm same as you. All right, let's go to our fans because uh, we're going long here. Uh, okay. Good, bad, watchable. We tweeted out what have you guys been watching? Uh, quickly, I just want to say Julia and Renee. I messaged them about this. They watched Saving Zoe last night on Netflix. Uh, Julia goes, it wasn't bad. Def more of a chick flick. Um, and Renee said it kept their attention, but they like more mystery thrillers. So. Um, you know, melodramatic and some of the acting was silly, but the purpose behind it, uh, if you look it up, it's, it's a serious topic and they don't really do a lot of movies about that kind of stuff. So they kind of give it the benefit of the doubt. So that's saving Zoe. Um, Zach million says interview with a vampire. Never seen it. Marcus Rojas says the undoing. And he just watched the hot chick for the first time. <laughs> there you so go. the undoing is another mini series that I was actually going to, I heard that move. That show's awesome. It really is good as well. And, and then you know what? You have time to catch up now, and then because uh, the miniseries finale is coming up. Yes. So, so I'll be watching that next. That's our promise. Yeah. Bcat watched the Disaster Artist. Oh hi, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Cabrita watched Run, which we talked about. Oh yeah. So she yeah. appreciate that conversation earlier, and she watched The Village. Never seen it. Haley watched Trial Four. Haley also watched The Undoing with the uh, mind exploding emoji. Cookie said The Undoing. Team TMC uh, TM CAD twenty four watched uh, nineteen seventeen. Ooh, good one. Yeah, good one. Jeff Redman watched Blue is the warmest color. Ran uh, run, I assume. Army of Shadows, all very very good. He says. My mom watched great documentaries. Time Trial Four, The Last Snark, all excellent. 
Dual redundancy. Our friends over there said Home Alone, you filthy animals. Filthy souls. Uh, and uh, Jeff says we need to watch The Vanishing. So that's that's what we got from our uh, fans of the show. Thank you guys so much. So yeah, that's our homework assignment, guys. We gotta watch the Undoing. This is where we're at now. We gotta watch mini series. Well, I'm I'm all the I'm all the way caught up with the Undoing. I just have the uh, the series finale whenever that uh, comes out. I think it's, that's uh, on HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. All right, I'll be hitting you one of you up. Also, I got a Fresh Prince uh, Fresh Prince reunion to watch too. I love Fresh Prince. Oh yeah, you guys are excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard heard some good things about that. I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> no, but uh, so just before we go, Cookie and Kristen sent me two reviews this week, one for Time, which I mentioned before, but we're going to end with their review of Cats, which they watched because they listened to How Did This Get Made episode about it, and I, it brought back a lot of memories. I haven't listened to their review yet, but oh, guys, shout out to us when we watch Cats. That was easily the the hardest punishment I've had to do in the series of this podcast was watch that movie. Easily. Easily. That was easily. It's it, when they were saying on the podcast how haunting that movie is, I agree hundred percent because I can't get some of the stuff I saw in that movie out of my head. It was that unsettling. The I know. The kitchen cockroach scene. <laughs> uh, I, I can't I can't get that. We watch that and every time you guys bring it up and just like uh, uh, visual verbal meme. Um, everywhere I go, I see his face, and it's Spider-Man, Peter Parker. But then he looks up, and it's like Buster Jones, like James Corden cat, or whatever, on the mural. Just can't get that visual out of my head. Yeah, tough. Well, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the show today. Follow us on Twitter, GBW Pod, Instagram, GBW Pod. Thank you so much for your suggestions. We appreciate it. Mark, anything you want to plug? I got nothing to plug right now. <laughs> I got nothing. Just uh, looking forward to Thanksgiving. Uh, everyone, you know, watch some good movies out there. I will. Oh, you know what? I will plug. After Thanksgiving, I'm immediately flipping to holiday movie mode. So uh, I'm going from noir movies to Christmas cheer. Any yes. holiday style movie. You send it my way. I'm a man of the people. I will watch your movies. Same, dude. Boyle's fired up for the Christmas movie. I am too. I, I This is like the most Christmas movies I've watched before Thanksgiving. Like I've watched three and, and 10 minutes of a Hallmark movie the other night. So we're trending in the right direction. We're very fired up over here. But uh, thank you guys so much. Oboyle92, Mark DeSwolsto on Twitter. Until next time, we'll see you guys. I'm Nick Rojas. He's Mark DeSisto. He's Nick Boyle. So long. Under the moonlight. <laughs> 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 this is Cookie and Kristen. And we just saw Time on Amazon Prime. And uh, basically, it's the story of a woman who has kept her family strong in uh, Louisiana, in New Orleans, while her husband serves uh, a sentence at Angola, Louisiana State Penitentiary, for. Uh, armed robbery, bank robbery, right? Right, right, yeah. They uh, started a business and um, things weren't going so well, so they decided to do that. Yeah. Rob, and she was involved. She drove the getaway car, so. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting movie. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's real. It's 
it's the footage, you know, it's just basically... Well, she obviously um, wanted to record their life, her life with her kids, because he was in jail. And I, I imagine with the idea that he wouldn't miss any of it because he'd be able to see it, you know, see these videos at some point. And I don't know if she shared it with him, you know, when she visited him, but um, she obviously had a lot of footage of, you know, when the kids were little and and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not a question like, did he do it? You know, right. no, he did it. He just didn't accept the plea. He could have served 12 years and gotten out. And instead he got sentenced to 60 years in prison. Um, she served some time in jail. Yeah. Um, because she, she pled. Yeah. So she got a, I don't, uh, I mean, it was maybe a knows, year. Knows, I don't know, yeah. but, um, she, she got less time and, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what would have possessed him not to take a plea deal, but, um, I found it interesting that I sat here and thought, wow, is this really what we need to do to people? I mean, Mm. I I understand you do the crime, you do the time, but Mm. here's a guy with a family and it just, it didn't, it didn't seem right. I don't know. I think kudos to her for keeping the faith, keeping the kids strong and I mean, smart and school her, and successful. Her kids uh, are going to go on to do great things, I yeah, think. I you know, think so. they're just, and it's all because of her. Yeah. And these are two people who I met when they were 16. So, 16 yeah. Years old. So, it's uh, a great love story. Yeah. What do you give it? Um. Well, because I do things on Letterboxd, I, I would say I, I give that a four. Four. Okay. I give it a four too. All right. Bye. Bye. This is Cookie and Kristen. And Kristen just saw five minutes of the movie. Maybe ten. Oh, cats. Yep. So why are we watching this now? It is uh, November 2020. Well, because we never saw it in the movie theater, I did see the play, and we just listened to another podcast called "How Did This Get Made," where they ripped this movie a new one. And really. How much worse can 2020 get? You know, figure this is a good time to watch it, right? Good point. Touche. So I had the benefit of seeing this back in like 1988, I think, in Boston, the play. And I don't remember diddly squat of the plot, but... Without me. And I didn't even know her. And um, <laughs> I just remember being fascinated by it. I thought it was cool to see the makeup, the actors coming into the audience, the music. I had no idea what was going on. But I enjoyed myself. So I'm, I'm listening to all the negativity about this movie, and I'm just like, all right, let's watch it to see how bad it is, like a car accident. And, I mean, it's just as crazy as the stinking play. Nothing makes sense, and it's just kind of cool to see these people in, uh, in, in uh, cat CGI. So I think what happens is somehow along the way, you know, a stage production... Um, we were willing to believe that these cats exist in a stage production, but put it in a movie and it's like, wait a second, yeah. this is, a cat wouldn't be this tall. And it's like, 
dude, the whole thing is is crazy. It's nuts, absolutely. And so if you've never seen the play, you watch the movie, you hear all the negative publicity, you're automatically influenced. Yep. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's not great. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Yeah, well, technically yeah. I do because yeah. I got a subscription to HBO, but yeah, I, I, mean, mean, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it's definitely yeah. something maybe you should catch yeah. on one of your streaming services you already pay for yeah. because, you know, you have to say you saw it. So that way you can tell your kids in the future, yeah, I saw the And be movie. critical thinkers. <laughs> yeah, it's because not you, just you know, just, belief, you, know? It, it, you know, and I mean, I guess I know that I was talking about the makeup and everything and CGI, but the, the cats look kind of cool. Yeah. And I, I mean, so there's some good takeaways from it but right. if you're gonna sit here and nitpick about oh this isn't reality you know the, cats the the scale of the whole thing like um right. you know what yeah you need to you check yourself back. <laughs> the one thing that i will say is while jennifer hudson is a great singer yeah i think that song i could have been better because i do remember yeah. that song being performed by i don't know who yeah in boston when i saw it and I was, I remember that. It's very, an, it's a very impactful song. Yes, it's a beautiful um, song. I think she could have done better. I think yeah. she really could have bellowed it out. I was just going to say, I think she held back. Yeah, yeah. It was good. So. It was good. I mean, shoot. I mean, the last time I was on Broadway, I didn't get yeah. a standing ovation. But, you know, so, but that was it. Other than that, this movie makes no sense whatsoever. No it's kind of cool. It's colorful. Don't, yeah, and and don't try to look for meaning behind what a Jellico cat yeah, is and, and all that other stuff. Just, yeah, and Haberside it is a different. Yeah. It's just a you know. It's a it, Andrew Lloyd Webber was on crack when he did it, and that's just the way it is. So, anyways, <laughs> I give it. I mean, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I give it like a five. It's out of a lot 10? of work. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work to make that thing. You know yeah, what I, mean? I, I mean, what I saw of it, I would minutes. say the same thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.